Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. So today I have been told that we are talking surprises. Surprise! You sounded a bit like one of those tutors. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had onions for lunch. What's the difference between a surprise, though, and a shock? Because a surprise is a milder (laughs) thing. Like, you've just said surprise. I can imagine somebody outside your window has just clutched their heart and passed passed to the floor. (laughs) They've managed to get through COVID and they just unfortunately happened to walk past your house as you screamed, surprise! (laughs) That is a very good point, actually, because if you're watching a horror film and someone jumps out at you and stabs you in the face. That's a shock. That's not a surprise, but it's still a surprise because mm. you weren't expecting to be stabbed in the face. Quite. Do you know what I mean? No one in a horror film goes, oh gosh, that was a terrible surprise when that lady was hacked to death and buried in the patio. No, but surprises can be good, bad or indifferent, can't they? Yeah. Personally, if I was ever on one of those TV shows, you know, a curtain revealing loads of people shouting surprise would be akin to removing the mask and finding a firing squad. Who wants surprises for your party? Or well, It's one of those questions people say to you, don't they? They say, do you like surprises? And most people will say yes, because they don't want to look like they're plain and boring. But realistically, especially as you get a bit older, You like to know what's coming. Nobody wants to be confronted by a room full of people, half of which you've not invited and probably wouldn't have invited to your party if you'd been in charge of the guest list. Yeah, in fact... You know, you don't want the curtain to reveal your great auntie Meredith and you can't bear her and she slows you money. All those surprises where somebody draws back the curtain and you're there picking your nose. Surprise! (laughs) Oh, God, no! There's a US TV show where they pull back the curtain and reveal someone who's had extreme cosmetic surgery. And that's supposed to be the big surprise that this person looks absolutely nothing like they did when they went in. (laughs) And it's like a year's past. So that would be the surprise that your friends still remember who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Who was that? Is that foul? Yeah, it's not just about remembering, it's about whether they care. Look, this is Annette. (laughs) Look what she's had done. Now I'm just enjoying this finger sandwich. Thank you. Wouldn't it be awful if the curtain comes back and everyone goes, oh. Yeah, she was robbed. (laughs) Tell me the name of your surgeon. You looked a lot better before. Well, that has happened. I've got a friend who, when she was much younger, always felt her nose was wrong. Right. (laughs) Quite. (laughs) I couldn't see why anything was wrong with it. It was sort of just a nose. It wasn't particularly big or hooked or bent or anything. It was just a nose. But psychologically, everyone's got an issue and her issue was the nose. So she had cosmetic surgery. Yeah. And she was blue in the face for a while where I think the bruising had happened because you have to break your nose. Yeah. It's not a nice process. And it came to the day when the bandages were removed and a few of us were round uh, hers and she was there ready to show off her new nose. And it was horrible. A friend of mine said to her, I thought you were going to have a nose job because it did look pretty remarkably the same. (laughs) And Ah. the surprise was, was that it looked the same as it was. But she was delighted with it. So good for her. Yeah, go through all that pain for nothing but the same nose. I'm wondering if we're all given the chance to experience surprise at the moment of birth. You come out and you're sort of slapped about. You open your eyes and you think, oh, my God, I'm not in the womb anymore. (laughs) But everybody's saying, oh, look, it's a boy, it's a girl. And you're thinking, oh, just let me go back. (laughs) And back in the womb. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, also you've got the surprise if they hand you to this woman whose face yeah. you've never seen. Yeah. So you get handed to your mum and you're like, well, who's that then? If you remember from previous podcasts, I was actually put in a drawer. OK, a lot of people are handed to their mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. That is the first initial surprise. That we all go through. Yeah, and that's maybe why we don't like surprises. I'm reconsidering the drawers. Perhaps they modelled the drawers on the womb or something. I vaguely remember being put in a container with a lot of water in it. And somebody, as my head went under, screaming, and that's the last I remember for some time. <laughs> what was going on there? Perhaps it was a bucket. <laughs> well, she wanted a girl, remember. So what's been the biggest surprise? Have you ever had the situation where someone's throwing you a surprise party and you've turned up and gone, oh, no, or, oh, yes, this is brilliant? No. Your mum's been flown over from New Zealand or, you know, you get pulled up on stage at surprise, surprise. No, no, none of those. Surprised when I remember one New Year's time, I realised that I wasn't involved in anything. No parties, no nothing, like Billy No Mates. And I remember thinking, oh, that's odd. <laughs> I think it's because people invite you to things. You had no friends. Well, yeah, I guess that was the truth. People say, how do you fancy coming to this party? And, yeah, it's the other side of London or up north. And you're thinking, no, I don't want to drive there. I just want to stay local. Yeah, no. So you start turning things down. And then it gets to the actual day of, in this case, New Year's Eve. And you realise, oh, <laughs> I've turned everything down. So there's nothing left. So that was a bit of a surprise. I think the big surprise for New Year's Eve is that you actually enjoy it. Because New Year's Eve is one of those things that's just built up to this massive, massive thing. Costs you 300 quid. And then you sat there at like five past 12 going, can we go home now? Yeah. So surprises are linked to a disappointment in uh, in your book. Yeah, uh, typically. It's like when my parents said, surprise, you've got a younger brother. I was disappointed that day. Yeah, I can imagine. I thought it was going to be a girl. Yeah. I wanted a little sister that I could dress up and mother and call Buttercup Daisy. And instead, I got a little brother that I could dress up and mother and call Buttercup Daisy. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. And later in life, it costs a lot in therapy sessions. He's been fine. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder when I met him why he had that yellow hat with the little white petals coming off the side. Fetching, but unusual. I think surprise is a, a word that's an excuse for a lot of other stuff. Sometimes people say, oh, that's a surprise. I'll give you an example. A builder once was knocking down a wall with a lintel above it. And as he knocked the wall down, the lintel fell. And I witnessed this just as I rounded the corner, taking him a cup of tea. Mm. And as the lintel fell and scraped down his shoulder, causing it to bleed, he looked at me really embarrassedly and he went, oh, that was a surprise. And you think, no, if you've got a concrete lintel above your head and you knock the wall away from under it, it is not a surprise that it's going to fall and smack you on the shoulder. So I think surprise and sometimes Sometimes idiocy are closely linked. <laughs> I would agree. A lot of people, when they go, well, that was surprising. Well, that was a big surprise. Like, no, if he thought it through, it would have made sense. Apparently, the word surprise means an unexpected or astonishing event or fact. So in that case, that's not astonishing because if he just used his brain, he would have worked out that if he did one thing, it was going to knock it down. The word unexpected, that's where the idiot bit comes in. 
everybody relative to somebody else is almost certainly an idiot. So none of us can think, oh, I'm not an idiot, because almost certainly we all are. We all know an idiot. We all are an idiot. No, no. I I, definitely, I know a lot of idiots. Present company not excluded. <laughs> <laughs> they probably experience lots of surprises. Yeah, I should think they're permanently surprised. And people use it as an excuse. So if you're around at somebody's house and perhaps you've got your dog with you and they've got a cat and the dog jumps off your lap after the cat and you know knocks over a vase of flowers and the dog owner says oh she's normally good as gold she just sits quietly on my lap and you think no a dog doesn't sit quietly on your lap when it sees a cat or a squirrel are you using tom and jerry storylines as an example we did talk about this before <laughs> and to be honest i'm quite surprised that you bring it up again <laughs> Tom and Jerry was not real life. The Simpsons are not your next door neighbours. I think you'll find they are. And Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd are not real people. I think you'll find they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not destroying my life at this stage, <laughs> just to please you, Emily. Tom and Jerry do exist. And Tweety Pie, my goodness, <laughs> come on. Anyone who had a canary that size, you'd be ringing National Geographic, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot to be discovered in the natural world. We don't know everything. Well, that is there are true. still some surprises to be found. I know, I know, and it's very true. Yeah. Every time David Attenborough digs deep into a, an ocean bed or a Galapagos island, there's always something to be found. So I don't think the word surprise is really needed in the world because I don't think it's ever quite right. I don't think it's nice. I don't think it's a nice thing. I used to think of surprises as being like, Getting a good birthday present would be a nice surprise or winning the lottery is a nice surprise or somebody giving you lots of money or giving you a car. But those surprises are very, very, very rare as opposed to someone organising a birthday treat and it being an absolute nightmare and not something you want to do or a friend that buys you tickets to a show as a surprise yeah. and it's a show you've blacklisted and don't want to go and see. Those are the surprises that I typically experience. I'm not sure when you can say surprise, when it's not more accurate to use that substitute word. See, I don't mind if someone says surprise and walk in with cake, but I'd rather you just walk in and went cake. Exactly. And when they sometimes use the word surprise in, say, a, a war situation where they'll say... Ah, the element of surprise. Yeah, the element of surprise. And you think, can you imagine all the subset? Oh, whoopee Oh, they've surprised us here, look. Oh, what a surprise. They've got the machine guns and the tanks ready. I don't think I'd use the word surprise The Nazi war leader turns around and goes, Oh, you scared the life out of me. I did not see you creeping up behind me. <laughs> Could you just remind me which nationality that was again? I didn't quite pair the description with the accent. Sorry. That was a surprise. Because you, you are usually a master. You wouldn't have that. A master of disguise. Napoleon wasn't surprised. Winston Churchill wasn't surprised. You know, yes, in warfare, the element of surprise no. is quite a clever use of terminology, but the reality of it, I can't see the Mongolians being shot. I would imagine that Winston Churchill, after World War II, because I'd always heard Winston Churchill, he won the war, more or less if you believe history, the rest of us could have just sat at home and Winston would have gone out there and sorted Adolf out. The two of them had a little fisticuffs and come home victorious. Well, in fairness... If you were to pitch them up against each other for wrestling, my money would be on Winston. Yeah. Winston, a.k.a. Giant Warfront, 
would be his wrestler name and then Adolf Mini Mustachio <laughs> would be his wrestling name and they would go up against each other and Winston would basically sneeze, tell them they would fight them on the beaches and just flatten Adolf. That's a World War smackdown for yeah. you there. So I would have thought, oh, that's brilliant. And then apparently, straight after World War Two, there was an election and Winston Churchill lost the election. Yeah. Now, that must have been yeah, a big yeah, surprise but he was, to He him. might have been grateful, though. I mean, you've done all that. He was knackered. He had to hang up his wrestling belt. He was done. The unitard had to go. It was lucky he got away with winning the wrestling match and probably thought, I don't want another one of those. No, don't want to God. go up against another small, <laughs> angry German again for a while. I shall retire. <laughs> Have you ever had a big surprise in your life? Again, when I think of surprises, they're always negative. Like the time I once opened a birthday present and found it was a box of tea bags. That was a rubbish surprise. The time that someone decided to take <laughs> me for an outing, again, to celebrate a birthday, and they took me horse riding, which was a big surprise because I really don't like horses very much and I'm not a big keen horse rider. And I got stuck on the biggest horse you've ever seen who just had diarrhoea for two hours. It was awful. That <laughs> terrible, terrible surprise. So those typically are the sorts of surprises that I get. I don't get surprises where someone says, Em, I'm going to take you on the Orient Express for a lovely lunch. I get things like, Em, I know you're a bit claustrophobic. I've booked us for a two-day holiday potholing in the middle of Abergavenny. That's the kind of surprises I get. Or, by the way, we're going to take your spleen out. Something like that. There's always a surprise that's never got a positive ending to it. You know, things like, it's not your real father. That sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> or in my mother's case, it's not your real child. <laughs> Even though it just this second came out of your womb. Denial will not get you anywhere, Mrs Jarvis. <laughs> Although the surprise has somehow worked its way into society as something good, from our experiences, it's not particularly good at all. Perhaps surprises are better for us if they're third party. So a surprise is good if it doesn't involve you. So on TV, you see something happening and you think, oh, that was a surprise, you know, a plot twist in a drama. And you think, oh, that was a surprise. I didn't expect that. Yeah. And it doesn't affect you at all. No. So you use the word surprise because it isn't any danger to you. Yeah. As opposed to signing yourself up to one of those um, home renovation shows and walking in and finding out that Carol Smiley has painted oh. your kitchen bright orange. Do you know, <laughs> no one ever walks in and goes, oh my God, Carol, what have you done? This is a complete dump. I saw one of those when they'd wallpapered somebody's living room and they'd painted it a pretty dark purple colour. Yeah. And they were doing close-ups. And as the light caught it, you could see the bumps and the bubbles as the wallpaper was really shoddily applied. And you think, next week, I know what she's going to be doing. She's going to be wallpaper, taking that wallpaper off, getting the steamer on, getting rid of it. And all you can hear is a muttering, Awful. that Richard Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, he's ruined my sitting room. <laughs> Do you know what is surprising to me? What? That by the end of this podcast, no one will have patented my new video game idea of world leaders wrestling. Because I think it's a winner. <laughs> I think 2022, it's going to be the number one game. It's going to be what they want. You know, you can put... Oh, wrestling world leaders. Genghis Khan against Napoleon. Wrestling leaders of the world. Okay. Stalin against Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Barack Obama against Trump. I think none of the uh, world leaders will want to tackle Putin because he's marketed himself as the tough guy, hasn't he? Yes, but Putin... Putin is not a name for a wrestler, is it? In the red <laughs> corner, we have giant haystacks. In the blue corner, 
we have little man from Russia called Putin. <laughs> but they say in football and things, get in there. And so put in there is not <laughs> quite the same, is it? Get and put, they're two different things. I suppose put in, it could be a golf game. It could... Yeah, he could have been a celebrity golfer. Rather than wrestling, yeah, put in. <laughs> do, do you think you could have that as your follow-up game? My follow-up, on the wrestling yeah. One? World leaders golf. <laughs> We've got world leader wrestling, followed up with world leading golf. Well, Trump will be a golfer, won't he? He, he loves be. golf, he yeah. owns golf courses. Yeah. What would Boris Johnson be? Wrestling or golf? Oh, wrestler. Well, say I don't want either. Wrestling. Sorry, you've got to pick one. He'll <laughs> uh. be a wrestler. <laughs> okay. But that's just the thing. I bet you next year you'll see it flying off the shelves. World leader wrestling. What about the rules around costume, though? Because, you know, you've got these Japanese wrestlers who dress in sort of like little things wrapped around them, little thongs, don't they? They're sort of huge wrestling. Nobody wants to see Boris Johnson in a thong. Pretty confident on that one. It's no. going to have to be a unitard, at least. <laughs> Boris Johnson in a thong. That would be that, a surprise. That would be a surprise. It might be a surprise that might yeah. make you throw up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, if he came into one of those daily conferences to tell us all about COVID and he had a thong on, uh, I think we'd all be surprised. That's like one of those surprises when you realise you've gone for a walk out in the countryside and you suddenly realise you're lost. That's the kind of surprise that that whole experience would be. When you do a gulp moment and you go, oh, there's Boris Johnson in a unitard. I don't know where I am. <laughs> And what about the lady uh, leaders? I have just mentioned men, I apologise. How are they going to dress? Well, I'm expecting Theresa May will probably be in tweed. Um, <laughs> a tweed wrestler. Yeah, tweed wrestler. And I'm also expecting the leader for, you know, the, the Prime Minister of New Zealand or Australia, whatever that lady's name is, because, you know, I'm so up on culture and world yeah. affairs. I should imagine she'll just wear a T-shirt that said, I got it right the first time. <laughs> and on the back it'll say win and win a chicken dinner <laughs> win and win a chicken yeah. dinner because <laughs> I did that with an Australian accent <laughs> win and win a chicken dinner win and win a chicken dinner win and win it sounds like two ladies that have set up a chicken shop uh, to <laughs> counter KFC's world dominance win and win <laughs> so which one are you? I'm win so you must be win <laughs> it's not hard to guess which one's which <laughs> no <laughs> But it, well, it, it does make exciting oh. wingside seats <laughs> for our new wrestle empire. Do you know, I'd go so far as to say I would be surprised oh. if entrepreneurs are not tuning into this podcast on a weekly basis and just noting down all of these exceptional new product ideas yeah, that yeah. we seem to just permeate. Well, I've got a feeling that Angela Merkel... At the minute she's heard this, we'll be on Amazon looking for a good outfit. Thinking She will be. I'd like Angela and Winston matched up. That'd be awesome. Well, she'll have to do with Boris. Boris is putting himself up as no, the replacement you've got, Winston. You've got to be allowed to go across the ages. Oh. You've got to let Angela Merkel and Adolf Hitler go at each other. You've got to have, you know, lots of opportunities like that. Otherwise, what's the point? Genghis Khan goes up against Theresa May. Oh, it sounds like a good game. I think I might actually buy it. It's good now, isn't it? Yeah. See? All of a sudden, this is genius. We need to patent this. We need to write. I don't know what we do. Do we write to ourselves and we patent our new video game? <laughs> I could go and talk to Ubisoft tomorrow. <laughs> I will be shocked if they don't take it. Not surprised, shocked. 
Oh. Do you know the biggest surprise I've ever done? No, I don't to think. <laughs> I don't to think, and I hope it's not about to happen. <laughs> She's behind you. <laughs> oh. I bought the biggest and grandest surprise I've ever done is I bought Chris a car. Right. So we were when we when we started going out, she didn't have a car, she didn't have any way to get to and from work because she was getting the bus and it was awful. So I bought her a smart car and my friend and I drove it up and we surprised her with this smart car. And I'm all excited and I've bought her a big bunch of roses and I'm really excited and thinking she's just going to be absolutely amazed by this gift. And it's just such a great surprise. When I gave her the car, you would have thought I just told her her whole entire family had died. She had a face like a smacked bucket. She didn't look remotely surprised. She looked miserable. And I left soon after that because it was so disheartening, the whole experience. Later, I discovered that she was so excited about the new car. She hadn't known how to react because it was such a generous present. And when I'd left, she jumped straight into the car to take it for a spin, left the very expensive bunch of flowers on the roof. And that would have been drifting down some sort of high street <laughs> as she poodled off. <laughs> yeah. Too big a surprise. So, but even when you plan your surprise, it never plays out the way your imagination wants it to be. No, no. So even when you are the person giving the surprise to somebody else and you're excited about it, it's never going to play out the way that your home and away mind has designed it to be because you can't control the way that the person's going to receive their surprise. They could end up feeling miserable about it. So if third-party surprises are the way to go, do you think you get more surprised about things? or less surprised about things as you get older? I think you are less likely to be surprised as you get older because you've seen more things in the world. Did you really think that in 2020 we would have a pandemic, we would have locusts falling from the skies, we'd have Boris Johnson as a prime minister, the Chinese would have the hump with us? None of this you would have planned. It's been a very bizarre year. So, in fact, nothing surprises me now. I'm pleased about the locust one falling out of the sky because it would be much more of a surprise if they were burrowing up from the ground. At the moment, at least I'm inside, and if a locust is falling from the sky, the worst that will happen is there's a loud noise. But if they're tunnelling up, wherever you are, you're thinking, oh, my God, any minute the locusts might be coming. You know, every time you hear some scratchy noise, you think, is that a locust? And everybody say, what? You're saying the locusts. Why are the locusts? And everybody goes panic mode, falling from the sky. That's the way God intended. I'm happy about that one. Do you know what was the big surprise about the locusts falling from the sky? No. The Chinese top celebrity chef who'd done a locust cookbook years ago that barely sold a copy was suddenly inundated with requests because people didn't know how to cook locusts. Sadly, although there are billions of people in the world, there's just not enough to eat all these locusts. And quite a lot of us don't no, want them. there's not enough ideas for how to serve them. <laughs> no. Is it breast up? Is it leg down? Is it wing? I mean, I don't know. Or serve them as in <laughs> you go into a little locust restaurant and say, well, what would you like today? And they're like, oh, I'd like a little bit of insect and a little bit of grass or whatever the locusts <laughs> eat. I think they eat everything, don't they? Like our dog, I think. I think our dog might be a locust, actually. She's, she wouldn't turn anything down. Now, that would be a surprise. It would. If people had giant locusts instead of dogs. Or your dog was actually a giant locust in a fur coat. <laughs> that would be another surprise. Another way surprises are linked with other words are surprises mm. like if you'd put something down that your dog would normally eat or a little treat for it and the dog it just turns its nose up straight away... <gasps> That's worrying. Yeah. It's not surprising. I'm trying to find a good use of the word surprise that can directly affect you. So on TV, things yeah. are surprising. But something that's not 
worrying. Oh, I tell you what, when you've eaten the type of food that normally gives you indigestion and that one day you don't get indigestion, that's a nice surprise. Yeah. Too broad. Perhaps you find the next day that you've got major organ failure, which is why you didn't get that indigestion. <laughs> Going to visit your elderly father and finding he's not dead. That's a nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> going going to check your bank account and finding there's more money in there than you'd calculated. That's a nice surprise. I suppose that is a surprise because it's sort of so, yeah, it's vaguely... Getting a gift card from a relative that's more than £10. Now, that's a good surprise. <laughs> yes. That's a nice surprise. Yes. It's been yeah, £10 like for years. You're going senile. She's given me 40 quid. Yeah. I mean, years and years and years ago, you'd send somebody 10 quid in a card and it's still yeah. a sort of amount. Yeah. But you can't do that. You can't buy anything with 10 quid anymore. So when you do get a voucher and it's like 40 quid, you're like, that result, I can actually buy something decent off Amazon rather than one tube of athlete's foot cream. <laughs> <laughs> How many tubes of athlete's foot cream uh, do you need? I mean, complaining you can only buy one. Well, I mean, what, what did you want to it do? It depends how many athletes you've got and how many feet they've got, Graham. Guess, Come on. Yeah, with your up-and-coming wrestling game, I guess you've got a need for more. <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Bourne.